Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This is the John Oakley Show podcast. On a great day for talk radio, it's a Friday edition. Every Friday at this time, Conrad Black weighs in, noted historian, author, and commentator. Conrad, good afternoon. Good afternoon to you, John. Yeah, you're staying healthy, I hope. Absolutely. Good. Good as a fiddle. (laughs) Well, you know, it's interesting because uh, we heard last hour from Donald Trump in the White House, and uh, Justin Trudeau, I guess, was holding a presser from... Uh, somewhere in the catacombs of his own residence there since he's in isolation. A House of Commons, by the way, is off until April 20th, so we won't have to address any of the concerns of the opposition for a while in question period, such as that is political theater. But uh, do you think in the instance of either of these leaders uh, that they're going to be judged historically? Is this a defining moment as far as you see it? Um, not exactly, no. I, I think the whole thing is actually overblown, you know, as I put a piece that's in the print edition of the National Post tomorrow, but I think it's on their website now, uh, comparing it to the to the Dutch tulip mania in the 17th century, when a speculation on tulips, which was a newly devised flower at that time, was such that tulip bulbs sold for, at times, the equivalent today of $500,000. Now, this isn't a monetary thing. It's a medical, obviously, a medical crisis, and it's different. But, uh, look, I, the fact is the key is to protect the elderly people, the people who have a problem and in any case, people above 70, which includes me, but I don't have a problem and I go out normally and I, you know, we'll see what happens. But uh, the, those are the people who are vulnerable. Apart from that, healthy people beneath the age of 70, the, the mortality rate in the United States is approximately a, a quarter to a fifth of 1%. Now, every death is a sad thing, no matter how it happens, but that is not a statistically significant change on, on just the normal realities of life. And, and what we have here is a combination of the public psychology being exploited by the unknown and by uh, uh, the bandying about or the spontaneous uh, conjuration uh, of, of, of terrible crises like the bubonic plague in the Middle Ages or something like that, uh, or the, the Spanish flu from right after the First World War 100 years ago killed 50 million people in a, in a war-ravaged world, especially Europe. And, uh, and, uh, and, and add to that, you have the activity in the United States of Trump enemies trying to prevent his re-election. Uh, you know, and essentially in that sense, that part of it, it just follows on the the absolute fraud of the idea of collusion with Russia to rig the election and the almost equally fatuous attempt to impeach him for unimpeachable offenses, which he which there's no evidence he committed anyway. And 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 so here we are with his opponents accusing him of towering incompetence for not rising to this. Well, he's he's. In a way, he suckered them into uh, into into pushing him too far. He will now put on a tremendous show of dynamic executive decision making. But the fact is, uh, as, as long as they move to segregate the elderly people and protect them, there is not going to be anything like 
the, uh, the, the the problem of fatalities that that the public is now prepared for. So I, I think it, I think it's for him and in, in the United States, it's just another episode in this uh, frenzied effort. Uh, which uh, to, to get rid of Trump, which is getting more and more febrile the closer we get to an election that he's very unless they can come up with something he's going to win, and uh, and and but it, it's more complicated because it does involve human life. It's not just an alleged scandal, and uh, and of course it's very international, and there are terrible problems in Europe and China, uh, and and then you have an economic component to it as well as a political component added to the health sector. But uh, I, I think Trump will get through it fine. I don't think uh, – I'm assuming Justin and his wife will be fine. And, and uh, you know, all 99.975% of healthy people beneath the age of 70 recovered from this if they, if they get it. So I, I, I think it will settle down. I, I think here we have to take some steps further – uh, opposite Europeans arriving. Uh, these these accretion numbers in Europe are shocking. I mean, twenty to thirty percent increases day to day in whole countries like Germany, Switzerland, France, Spain, not just Italy, and all of them, including Italy, are countries with sophisticated public health systems. That is shocking, and uh, Italy especially has a lot of elderly people who haven't been focused on particularly and that's why you had 184 italians die of it in one day three days ago but i i, I, we, we, I we we mustn't uh, don't let listeners misunderstand me of course we've got to take it seriously but i think it's it's overblown in fact in, in this country in this continent it's a, it's a very serious problem in western europe and china well and yet uh some of these folks with the health establishment are saying statistically speaking uh we're in for the same world of hurt uh may just be somewhat of a delay or a time lapse here but europe now is the epicenter according to the spokesperson from the world health organization earlier today and when you cited you know the exponential increase in these uh advanced or sophisticated countries it tells me that it's not entirely driven by political considerations. No, over there it is not driven at all by political considerations. I think Trump moved very wisely to to stop the traffic from China in January, for which he was accused by his opponents of racism and xenophobia. But it's now clear that it was the worst thing to do. And if the Europeans had done the same thing, we wouldn't have these problems now. And, and the, of course, the Chinese lied about it bungled the whole thing anyway, but in a totalitarian country like that, you can do that if you want to, I guess. But in in uh, in Europe, they, they just sat there like silicones while the thing came on them. And and they've they've reacted in a panicky way. And the European, the pan-European uh, measures, the system established by the European Commission in Brussels, the, the EU, the European Union, has failed. And, and I think the, one of the I think the two greatest takeaways from this are not the defining moments to Trump and Trudeau. I think they are that the United States uh, will take note of the fact that China is now trying to withhold from them uh, pharmaceuticals uh, manufactured in China by American companies. The United States needs to deal with this. And China is officially blaming the United States for the epidemic in China. And and Trump is not a turn the other cheek guy, and he's a, the United States is a more powerful country than China, and I think China will, will regret its doing this. And the other thing is that the, the European Union has been exposed as being 
as uh, one of the American commentators uh, said today, and the EU now stands for Europe is useless. And uh, those those jurisdictions feel bad here. I mean, not to just watches things, he should be all right. And and I have no complaint about that. I'm sorry. You know, he and his wife had this problem, but I'm sure it would come through it well. And but uh, and, and I and I think Trump will manage it. He was he you know he was clumsy at the beginning and uh, made too many somewhat boastful remarks about his own scientific intuition and so on. But basically, I think they're they're doing what needs to be done. I, as long as you can segregate the elderly people, John, I think you're fine. We haven't and whoever you were referring to a minute ago, those people should be very careful not to sow panic in the population. Uh, you and I are in any great danger. I mean, we, we may get the flu, but we've had the flu before. That's what it is. But it, 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 people who are older than we are. But it's supposedly more contagious. And secondly, there's no cure, no known cure for it yet. I know you're saying that some people may be even in, uh, asymptomatic and uh, they may, you know, uh, still have it. Uh, and those are the highest proportion of the people here and uh, so on. And so you're mitigating that uh, there's any kind of uh, real uh concern or, you know, to, to have this uh, degree of concern over that. Connor, let me just ask you very quickly, though. I mean, when it comes to some of the other takeaways, you know, when you suggested uh, that, you know, decoupling from China is going to be one of those inevitabilities, what about expanding private delivery services? We're finding here that we're strapped or we can't accommodate stateside. Well, they got a private system, but, and they're actually looking to the pharmaceutical company Roche to develop these test kits. A half a million, Trump said it as a presser today, will be available next week, five million by the end of the month. Do you think that this is really uh, pointing out the fact that uh, the public system is inadequate to meet what is being perceived as an onslaught waiting to happen. Uh, I'm I'm not qualified to go that far. I think it is certainly clear to say that that they they had absolutely not prepared. Uh, And and I'm not not sure that they have a good excuse for not having prepared, but they they hadn't prepared uh, for this kind of a thing. And yet, uh, these outbreaks of more or less dangerous, uh, but you know, freakishly widespread and, and pernicious attacks of viruses, uh, are we, we, you know, all of us and all your listeners have, have lived through at least five of them in the last twenty years. I mean, it, they're not unheard of, and they're not rare. And and I, I absolutely do not understand. I saw the Health and Human Services Secretary Azar a week ago today saying there'd be four million tests this week that we're just ending now. And and, and I saw him on television last night. Well, had the tests ready, but it wasn't as seamless a transition from having them ready to administering them as they had hoped. That was as worse seamless. Obviously, somebody dropped the ball somewhere. Somewhere the system isn't working. But let's remember this. Testing just addresses the curiosity of the individual as to whether they actually have that flu or not. You either have it or you don't. And if you if you do, there is no cure. But but unless you're a vulnerable old person, you, you're, you're going to survive it. But we all get the flu sometimes. So you, it, the testing isn't like cancer or something where where you know if you uh, you know if you aren't aware that you have it that isn't treated you can you know you're going to die from it yeah but the idea is that uh, you know people are you know the fear of the unknown is what is sort of propelling this whole thing as you stated earlier and so i guess in a lot of instances people just want to know ascertain whether or not you know and then yeah but you see you and i could go in let's say we could do it and we chose to go in and be tested tomorrow you're fine you're both fine no flu here no symptoms uh, no virus, uh, and, and yet we could come down with it 
doesn't mean that. We can come yeah. down with it an hour after, or at least contract it an hour after we, we leave the, the testing. Conrad, place. would you go to a, a lecture, say, tonight if uh, 200 people were there? Yeah, I wouldn't choose me, though. I wouldn't choose I, 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 well, I am of an age that, that I'm supposedly vulnerable. I have no underlying problems. I'm very healthy. And I would take my chances with getting the flu. Because I think, actually, with all the alarms that are being raised, uh, the, 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 uh, the carriers of, of viruses, including less nasty ones than the coronavirus, uh, are, are, are probably fewer as a percentage of the population than they normally would be. I, I, I would. I, I think I, I, I think it's fine. But if I if I was exactly the person I am, the age I am, and I had, for example, a, a I was just getting over a nasty cold. Or, or a pre-existing cold. condition, yeah. Conrad, yeah, i got to yeah, let you go on that note. Something like that, I, then I, I, I wouldn't leave home. All right. Uh, got to let you go on that note. Uh, not cutting you off or anything like that. Uh, no, no, no. But maybe... I, I, bet you, I bet you we're in a state of higher public general this week from now. I hope so. All right. Uh, wait to see, and we'll talk then. Thank you, Conrad Black, author, commentator, and historian. Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio.